1: they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. Tuesday was an incredibly busy day in the NFL, and we're going to get to all of that. It is Crossover Wednesday. Chris Clark from Locked on Chiefs is here to discuss the Kansas City Chiefs, the Mahomes-less Kansas City Chiefs. And that is something that we are going to take plenty of time to deal with. It's something we're going to discuss on Thursday as well. It's something that we're going to dig into on Friday on our live show. But I understand where most Packer fans right now want to start. Tuesday brought big news in the NFL because it meant trades for two receivers that were at the top of the Packers' fan wish list. First, Mohamed Sanu goes to the New England Patriots for a second round pick. That is a lot. That is a lot for a number three receiver. A receiver who was likely going to be cut according to reports this offseason because of his cost relative to his production. A receiver who was not good enough to be the number two to the point that Atlanta decided they were going to draft a receiver in the first round even with Julio Jones and Devontae Freeman and their slew of offensive investments with Matt Ryan, the tight end position. Okay, so that happens. And and Packer fans were they were, I would say, mildly annoyed by that. It was annoying in the way that you see the best team in football go out, destroy the Jets, and still decide, hey, we want to improve our team. Now we're gonna we're gonna dig into that part of it a little bit, but Then, the 49ers, the only other undefeated team in football, traded for Emmanuel Sanders, who was the guy that I think was at the top of most Packer fan wish lists. The 49ers have to give up a third and a fourth to get Emmanuel Sanders and a fifth. Another major price tag to pay for these guys. And the argument from fans is going to be, well... You do what you can to improve your team when you have a chance to win a Super Bowl. And I get that. I really do. And I'm I'm sympathetic to that notion. And, and I would never say don't add a player that can make your team better if it comes at a cost that makes sense for you. But I, this was really fascinating to me. And it is certainly not the end-all be-all when it comes to evaluating the quality of these trades. But I, I got a note. From a, a follower, I guess I don't know if he's a listener to the podcast, although we did talk about me uh, using this on the show. Uh, his name is Armando Mendoza, and he sent me some info. He he ran these trades through a Dynasty evaluator, basically uh, a a proprietary software product that I believe he pays for because I tried to do it myself and it made me log in and put in a credit card, etc. So I did not do that. That basically said the Mohamed Sanu trade was a, a bad trade by fantasy football standards. Now, that is just fantasy football standards. And so, okay, that's fine. I think it is reflective, though, when we're talking about skill position players, of the quality of someone like Muhammad Sanu. He is a reliable, solid dude. He can help a team. He's going to help the Patriots. He's not a number one receiver. He's not even really a number two receiver. And so that is just a trade for a second round pick. I mean, come on. Now, this is a, a different team because the Patriots can do magic. That would be another reason to just not do this trade because Bill Belichick can win Super Bowls with Troy Brown and Dion Branch and, and you know, David Givens at receiver, but Okay, so that happened. I understand the Patriots saying we don't have any players at that position as good as Mohamed Sanu at, you know, as second receivers or third receivers, and we only care about winning the Super Bowl this year because who knows what's going to happen with Tom Brady, who knows what's going to happen with Bill Belichick beyond this season, so here's a second-round pick. I, I guess I can justify it from their standpoint. I, I can't really, though. This was the other one that was fascinating to me. So the Emmanuel Sanders trade looks better. And one of the reasons it looks better is those late round picks are not as valuable as the early round picks. Third and fourth round picks, not as valuable as second round picks. But when the the generator kicked out other names of players who would have generated commensurate value, the other names are Kalen Bellage, Wayne Gallman... Kiki QT, John Ross, Andy Isabella, and Geronimo Allison. Think about that for a second. So even if we want to call all of this flawed and you can say, okay, well, it's a dynasty league, so fantasy is a little bit different than the real football and all of that stuff. Even if we're only just going to compare apples to apples, which is what this is. Skill position player for skill position player. Because I don't think Packer fans are saying, oh yeah, uh, defensive tackles, offensive linemen, quarterbacks, tight ends are in this mix. No. Receiver for receiver. From a fantasy standpoint, you could get commensurate value in a trade for Geronimo Allison. Now again, this is not the end-all be-all. But I think it is indicative... Of the marginal difference this would have made for a team like the Green Bay Packers, this tra- this trade and these group of trades do not exist in a vacuum. The Packers' offense right now is third in DVOA, third in efficiency adjusted for schedule, fifth in passing, sixth in rushing, third—an elite offense. Since week three, they are number one in points number one in yards per play, and since week four, they are number one in estimated points added per play. Since the calendar has turned to October, this has been the best offense in football without Devontae Adams. Let that just sink in, just ruminate over that for a second. That's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, I wrote I wrote this for Packer Report today. It was sort of like while we were all sleeping and worrying and and feeling feelings about what what Green Bay could do what they needed to do where they could get to all of this stuff they quietly became an elite offense and suddenly weeks one through three when the offense wasn't quite clicking look different now because Chicago's defense still really good and they they didn't play great on Sunday that's without Akeem Hicks who is their what their third best defensive player and and one of the 15 or 20 best defensive players in the conference. And the Vikings are still a top defensive unit. Denver, all of a sudden, a top ten defensive unit. In fact, they played three of the top eleven defenses in the first three weeks. They went three and zero in those games. Three and zero also happens to be their record without Devonte Adams. And so I'm getting these responses from fans that are like, "Well, but they're not going to win these games when when they they play better competition." And I'm just going like, "Who?" Who are these teams in the NFC who are so much better than Green Bay? Because they already beat Minnesota. They had a 21-0 lead in the first quarter against Minnesota. Dallas, who is an advanced analytics darling, they are on top or near the top in a ton of predictive measures. They're at the top of the NFC East, despite an ugly loss to the Jets. The Packers were winning 31-3 in Dallas. The Lions are a legit football team. Whatever you want to say about the Oakland Raiders, they beat the Bears in London. And they beat the the Broncos in week one. They beat the Colts, who are a legitimately good football team. And they gave the Chiefs everything they could handle in the first half of that game. Things got a little out of hand. Patrick Mahomes lit them up eventually. But it's not like these are bum teams. Green Bay has played one of the toughest schedules in football to this point. And that is, that is why schedule adjusting is so important. But somehow it, it gets to the point where it seems like some fans are acting. And this is some fans. This is not all fans. Some fans. I'm speaking about a specific group of you. And you know who you are. <laughs> they are insistent that these wins against Detroit don't count. And against Dallas. Oh, well, the receivers didn't do anything against Dallas. Yeah, And they beat the hell out of the Cowboys. That is a feature, not a bug. If you can win without good receivers, that means you're a good team. If you can win in these different ways, you can win with defense, you can win with the running game, you can win with Aaron Rodgers, just magically winning these games with with incredible efficiency and, and surgical precision as he did Sunday. I thought Bill Barnwell made a great point when he said, the Aaron Rodgers we saw on Sunday was not the holy shit Aaron Rodgers. It was not the guy who could make any throw that anyone has ever seen and and did things that we have never seen before. It was a guy playing in rhythm, in a groove with his offense, and in sync with his receivers. Playing with precision, playing with accuracy, playing with tempo, playing with verve, and, and just executing That's all it was, executing. He executed the Raiders to death without Devontae Adams. Can't stress that enough, without Devontae Adams. They can win games in myriad ways. That is reflective of a great team. That is what great teams can do. The Saints are proving it. The Patriots prove it every year. You play the team you are playing that week, not your game. You play the team. You play the opponent. It's like poker. You don't play your hand. You play your hand and your opponent. You play the the other people at that table and your hand. They all matter. And for the Packers, at this point in the season, we are starting to see who they are. You can't just say, oh, well, they they got lucky to beat Detroit. Well, did they get b- lucky to beat every other team on their schedule? Are they lucky to be 6-1? Because when you go 3-0, and oh, that starts to become a sample size. 3 is a trend. It is a small sample size by season standards. And if we're going to draw grand conclusions, yeah, 3 games is not enough. It's not enough. But, but think about how this offense has functioned all season. It has always been a spread-the-wealth team. Devontae Adams has not led this team in receiving every game. Even when he's been on the field. Some weeks it's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Against Dallas without Devontae, it was Aaron Jones. Last week again, Marquez. On two catches, he leads them in yards. Alan Lazard comes up big. He does the thing. By the way, Lazard, the number one receiver in snaps on Sunday. His ascension in this offense is legitimate. It is real. So when you, when you say, oh, the Packers need to add someone. Well, they are adding someone. His name is Devontae Adams, and he's one of the best receivers in football. And they became, they ascended to an elite offense without him. Is it a guarantee that they will continue to be one and get even better with him? Not a guarantee. No, of course not. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some adjustment It's, it's going to take some, a, a learning curve to get him back in. It's not as simple as just saying, oh, yeah, they're just... They're just going to be this offense plus the value of Devontae Adams. No, you have to reacclimate him and you have to get Rodgers and LaFleur and everyone else reacclimated to him being on the field, to, to getting in a rhythm with him, to worrying about getting him his touches and getting him going and all the things that come with having a number one receiver. But while we weren't paying attention, this offense became an elite unit. And maybe you don't have. ...an elite unit. Maybe yours is just average. It's, it's like the Patriots. It's 15th average somewhere in there. Chew can help. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants a little extra function in the bedroom. Bluetooth is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to Bluetooth.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's Bluetooth.com with the promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. The Frederick and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network offers many same-day care options to fit your busy schedule. Your health is important, so stay on top of it this football season. Take advantage of what is possible through one of the many convenient ways to get the care you need from the area's leading physicians. In need of primary care, personalized care is delivered at more than 40 health centers and clinics throughout southeastern Wisconsin. Many locations offer Saturday and extended evening hours. You can even schedule that appointment directly online. Prefer to save yourself a trip? Schedule a visit site with your own doctor through the safe and secure MyChart app or request a virtual clinic appointment 24-7 and be seen by a board-certified provider in 30 minutes or less using your phone, tablet, or laptop. For more serious conditions, staff at urgent care clinics and emergency departments are ready to treat you when you need it most, even late at night. Whether in the comfort of your home or at one of many convenient locations, Freighter and the MCW Health Network staff will provide you with exceptional care rooted in innovation and discovery. To learn more about all these care options, visit slash care or call 1 800 Doctors. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. All right, let's get to our crossover Wednesday. He is Chris Clark. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Clark NFL. He is the host. Well, one of the hosts of Locked on Chiefs, he is also the managing editor at LockedOnChiefs.com and is a senior analyst at Chiefs Digest. Chris, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. And and Chris, I think we have to start the only place where we can start a week after what we saw happen with Patrick Mahomes on Thursday. Andy Reid has left the door open, uh, a crack maybe, for Patrick (laughs) Mahomes to play on Sunday, but I think we're operating under the assumption that this is going to be Matt Moore The answer is a lot, but can you give me a little bit of of inside info on how you think this offense changes with Matt Moore versus Patrick Mahomes?
3: Well, I do think the offense is going to change. I think it has to, and Patrick Mahomes is obviously a unique player and and really one of a kind in a lot of senses in in what he does and how he does it. Uh, I think what you're looking at with Matt Moore is you're looking at a guy that's going to be a lot more uh, more of a pocket passer. He's not going to be getting out and escaping. He's not going to be running. Uh, he does have a lot of experience in the NFL, so uh, I don't think you're going to trick him near as much with coverages as you would uh, you know, if this was like a rookie quarterback stepping in. So I think that kind of benefits Kansas City. But the offense is going to have to change. I don't know that you're going to have uh, you know, outbreaking routes going to the far side of the field because he's not going to put the same velocity on the ball that Patrick Mahomes could. Uh, Those are going to be balls that are going to be more likely to be intercepted uh, if the timing isn't perfect. And, you know, he hasn't been running this offense very long. So I I do think it's going to have to change this this week.
1: On the other hand, what we saw on Thursday was a a quarterback who seemed pretty comfortable back there. Uh, the, the, The long touchdown to Tyreek Hill was an awesome throw. Uh, moving to his right. So it's not like this team is going to be bereft of playmakers. Tyreek Hill is still a thing. Travis Kelsey is still a thing. And Andy Reid is still one of the best play callers and play designers in football. I, I mean, just just give me sort of a ballpark percentage of the maximum of what we've saw, seen this year in terms of the Chiefs, that they can be with Matt, Matt Moore relative to Patrick Mahomes. And we're talking about 75% the offense, 60%. I mean, where just ballpark it for me.
3: You know That's a tricky question, and the reason I say it's so tricky is because you sit here and you look at this offense and what they were able to do against the Denver Broncos, who have had in the past a very good defense. I think you have to be careful what you're expecting with Matt Moore. and but the offset of that is he is going into having a full week of preparing as the starter this week. So mm-hmm. he's going to be in a situation where he's going to be more comfortable coming in this week. He's no, he knows he's going to be playing. It's not a situation where he's just thrown in there and, and has to go off adrenaline and Andy has to figure it out. They're going to put stuff in the playbook that he's going to be able to do and he's going to be able to do it well. So I think that's going to benefit him. I Honestly, it's really hard for me to say without actually seeing him play a game in this offense where they're actually scheming things for him. I would be surprised if it's much more than 65 to 70% Pat Mahomes. Uh, I do think that they have the ability to, to be uh, a good offense. The question is, is, how are the Packers going to play it? Because you start looking at what this is going to mean. Are you going to challenge Matt Moore to beat you and take the chance and, and really you know, try to shut down the run game of Kansas City, which hasn't been great anyway? And say, okay, well, we don't believe Matt Moore can beat us. Yes, they have these weapons, but he has to be the one to do it. That's really what it's going to be key to me.
1: Yeah, and and I think all of that is is related to what they're able to do in not just the run game, but with their offensive line. Uh, coming into the week, they were a middling team in terms of avoiding pressure. Uh, the Football Outsiders adjusted line yard stat has them as one of the three worst run blocking offensive lines in football. And we assume that Matt Moore is not going to be able to process as quickly as Patrick Mahomes get to uh, some of those downfield reads in particular as quickly as Patrick Mahomes, and that opens the door for this pass rush. So can, can Kansas City protect well enough given the status of their offensive line right now?
3: And that's another great question. And and right now we don't know whether or not Eric Fisher is going to be back this week. I was thinking that there's a good possibility he may be back for Sunday night football uh, just based on his injury was supposed to be four to six weeks. We're sitting in that window right now with a 10 day break after the Thursday night game. He didn't practice at all last week. It's possible he plays this week. And if he plays, that is a huge upgrade on their offensive line. Cam Irving has done pretty decent in pass protection, but he has been horrible at run blocking, and that has really hurt the Chiefs' ability to run the ball. Andrew Wiley has a possibility of playing this week. If the Chiefs could get healthy on the offensive line, it really does change the way they can do things, and, and it might change Reed's game plan overall, because at that point, you can get to a point where you're like, okay, I know I'm playing Aaron Rodgers, and I know the defense is going to have to, you know, make stops, and hopefully the offense can put up a lot of points. But maybe I play a little bit more ball control than I do try to do quick strike.
1: We're going to get back to Chris in just a second. But first, Peloton is offering a limited-time offer. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED to try it free. Today's episode is also brought to you by my bookie. As true football fans... We already know, just as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in the game every weekend. Our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? My bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite NFL action, your favorite college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date liners, player props. They've got the most props of any sports book on the planet. I've been telling you this for Months. The best part is right now when you join, mybookie will double your first deposit. That's right. They will double your first deposit. You give them a thousand dollars, they will give you a thousand dollars back. That's double your initial deposit. So you can use all of that money on your picks. Use the promo code locked on to activate the offer. So go to mybookie.ag today because at
0: mybookie, you play, you win, you get paid. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's killer bread, it is the epitome of addition Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
2: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
1: All right, back to Chris. Yeah, and then on the other side of the ball for Kansas City, there are you know two big red flags for this defense. Number one, um, by pressure rate, they're a bottom five team, or at least they were before they, they annihilated and, and sucked the soul from Joe Flacco's <laughs> body. Uh, and they're a bottom two run defense. So if you can't pressure the quarterback and you can't stop the run, after what the Packers just put on tape on Sunday against the Oakland Raiders, a, a not good defense, but still uh, a 158.3 passer rating, six total touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers, yep. and and one of the best run games in football. What is going to be the approach for Kansas City trying to slow down this Packers offense? Because let's be honest, stopping this Packers offense is off the
3: table. Well, stopping the Packers offense might be off the table. Uh, You can only hope to contain Aaron Rodgers, and you can only hope to do as much as you can possibly uh, try to slow him down. The key for Kansas City really at this point is to figure out what their identity is on defense. And I think last week was a big step in the right direction. Uh, I think that you're going to see Reggie Ragland play – a little bit more this week than maybe he played last week, or maybe they're just going to use them the same amount they used him last week, but he does change their defense. He is more of a run stuffer, uh, but that does give you a liability and coverage. So, you know, you have to wonder is, especially with a QB like Aaron Rodgers, is that going to be a situation where he sees, okay, well, Reggie Ragland's on the field. So guess what? I'm going to dump the ball off in the middle of the field and make him cover somebody. Maybe that's what they do. I It's going to be a chess match in that regard. And, I understand they've been bad against the pass rush. Their pass rush hasn't been great. Uh, I do think that this switch to a 4-3 is really going to be something that you're going to start seeing get a little bit better throughout the rest of the season because I think players are finally starting to gel and get their assignments and get their chemistry, and that really is a big thing going into the NFL.
1: Yeah, no question. Uh, I guess my my counter to that would be what is the situation going to be at, at cornerback and in the secondary because they're banged up a little bit, and we haven't seen really um, anything to be that excited about from you know some of these backups. Uh, you know, Bashad Breeland came in and has done some nice things. Obviously, Kendall Fuller is a is a quality corner, and then the safeties you really like those guys. But it seems like you know if Green Bay is going to put three receivers on the field, especially if Devontae Adams is going to be back, and we don't know the situation there. This is going to be a tough matchup for Kansas City.
3: Well, it's going to be a tough matchup for Kansas City, but Green Bay is always going to be a tough matchup. Uh, You know, you start looking at uh, who they're going to have at wide receiver. The question is, are they going to have Devontae Adams? Are they going to have uh, Marquez Scantling? Uh, You know, you start looking at some of these matchups, and it is going to be a question mark at how you defend this team. But what I look at is Kansas City's defense has been relatively good against the pass, relatively. I'm not going to say they've been great but their corners Mm -hmm. have been pretty good. Kendall Fuller didn't play last week. You had uh, Fenton come in and take his place, and I thought Fenton played very well. I think that group is still gelling. I think the back end is still getting better, but again, you're going up against a team that has a QB that is one of the best of all time in Aaron Rodgers, and it's going to be a difficult task to stop him. Really, the question is going to become, can Steve Spagnuolo and can... Brendan Daly get something done on the defensive line to where they screw up their they get the Packers to screw up their protections a little bit and you actually get a chance to start hitting Rodgers because if I think if you hit Rodgers, and I'm not saying you know take him out of the game I'm just saying if you hit him that'll change the game a little bit and I'm not saying he gets crazy feet or you know gets happy feet or anything but if you hit a quarterback enough it does change the way the game goes
1: no question. And he's an older quarterback. He's not quite in that Tom Brady level of like anytime there's someone barreling down on him, he's just going to turtle and eat it and, and anything like that. But, you know, he, he's still an older quarterback with injury issues. Uh, let's finish up here uh, with my favorite question on these crossover shows. If you were in the Green Bay coaches room and you are putting together, your, your task was to put together uh, the one way, identify the one way that Green Bay can really take advantage of something that Kansas City doesn't do well what is that one thing that you are highlighting on the scouting report to say this is the way Green Bay can attack Kansas City
3: well in any other week other than this one uh, if Patrick Mahomes is playing this would not be my choice but right now if I'm Green Bay I am selling out against the run and making Matt Moore beat me because Mm -hmm. Yes, Kansas City has weapons. Yes, they have, uh, you know, their offensive line, I think, is going to get healthier this week. I do think they're going to have players return. But you're still sitting here in a situation where you have a guy that didn't play at all in 2018 coming in and starting his first game and going up against a team in Green Bay who their defense is ascending. I think if you stop the run in Kansas City, it's going to make or, or stop the run against Kansas City. It's going to make it a lot harder for Matt Moore to be successful, and that's what I would be trying to focus on this week.
1: It's it's still pretty early in the week. Uh, do you have a, a prediction on how this one plays out?
3: You know, when I look at this game, I honestly before the season started, I picked this as a loss. I just I thought this Chiefs team was going to be good. Uh, I didn't know how good they were going to be, but I thought this was going to be a great test. I still think this is going to be a loss. I don't have a great idea as to what the score is going to be, just because I don't know what the offense is going to be able to do. Uh, I think Andy Reid's going to be good for 20, 24 points, maybe, but uh, you know, I expect Green Bay is going to put up, you know, thirty, at least.
1: Well, it is certainly not the game that any of us thought coming into the season when we when we looked at the schedule and circled this one. But I, I'm with you. I, th- I still think it's going to be a relatively close game, and I still think Andy Reid is going to be able to put up points. It should be a lot of fun. It should be. All right, I want to thank Chris again for joining the show. Some great insight there, and, and I know that we, we it doesn't feel like for a lot of us that we have even moved our focus yet to the Chiefs, uh, and, and maybe that's unfair to Kansas City because this is certainly not a game that I think anyone should be taking for granted. This is still a very good football team. We don't know if Sammy Watkins is going to play yet. We don't know the status of Eric Fisher, as Chris points out, and this is still a team that can score points. I don't think anyone should be taking this team lightly. And it, and I don't know that, that people are, but I think the discussion, especially yesterday, was so dominated by what happened with the trade market and what was going on there uh, that we have lost sight of what the Packers have to do this week, and that's win a football game. So, you know, the, the Ben Albright, uh, I mentioned this a couple times already, said the Packers did call on Emmanuel Sanders and that they had been calling to try and add at receiver and that the last two weeks have cooled them on that idea a little bit, that Alan Lazard and Jake Kummerow stepping up in these moments has actually given them hope. Uh, I think that also indicates Devontae Adams is going to be back sooner rather than later, although, you know, look, we thought that he'd be back, you know, a week or two ago. So we'll see where that all goes, and we're going to be back tomorrow. Scouting report for this Chiefs team. We haven't spent enough time on them, and so we're going to make sure we dig in. We're going to watch them carefully. Uh, it's going to be hard because this is the Matt Moore version of them, and we only have, like, half a game to decide who that is. But plenty of tape on their defense. Uh, Chris Jones' status in this game up in the air still. So, uh, and, and tomorrow, who knows, maybe today uh, the Chiefs could make a, a big trade for a defensive player um, you know, something like that and, and change all of this. So we'll see what happens. Remember you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay locked on packers.